Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six x visit tomboyx.com when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how kroger brand products taste or you get your money back so next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese, And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Madeline's. Yes, or Madeleine, perhaps. There was, there's a lot of tension and concern about pronunciation <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> yeah, any time that you get into French anything, we tend to raise a fist to the sky and go French. Um, and also, as we were saying right before we started recording, like I get really anxious about pronunciations when it comes to uh, pastry type terminology because people are very particular in the field of pastry and I I just want to eat pastry. I don't want to I don't want to make anyone mad. We're not here to make anyone mad even though it happens <laughs> semi regularly. <laughs> but a good kind of mad, you know. Our, our listeners do have opinions and we do Yeah. Like oh yeah. yeah, 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 getting fired up is great. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're trying to make a pastry and that's not what you're going for. Sure. Sure. Uh, (laughs) So I don't really have much experience with Madeleine's or Madeleine. Um, At one point, though, when I was in college, there was a really cute French cafe that opened up in the small town I grew up in. 
And I went home one weekend and I met one of my best friends there for lunch. And at the end, you got a Madeline. And I think the restaurant may have even been called Madeline. Oh, okay. That's cute. Um, It was really, really cute. I felt so fancy because I I hesitated earlier because I was trying to... I guess the the town I grew up in, there was a lot of shifting in restaurants. Like a lot of things opened and closed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think that restaurant was there for very long. Uh Yeah, but I did really enjoy my experience. We got to sit outside and and I dunked the the Madeline in, in tea. And it was very nice, even though I can't really have tea. But I liked the experience of talking <laughs> in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't remember when. I, I went through a Madeline phase at some point when I was just like, this is the perfect cake. How do I make it? What is it made of? Um, and uh, But I can't for the life of me remember when exactly. It was sometime post-college. And I was like deep into a baking phase. And it seemed, it, it, it's one of those like really simple seeming baked goods that is is very difficult to get exactly right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you have a lot on that that you were alluding to before we started recording. I, cu- I couldn't find um, the exact date for this, but uh, I know to the chagrin of a lot of people who do know a lot about Madeline's, uh, a lot of Americans are introduced to them through Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing. They sell these little, uh, I think, like two or three packs right up by the cash register. Yes, and so I thought, even though I had had this Madeline that was a cake, I think the one at Starbucks, at least at one point, was much more cookie-like. So I thought it was a cookie, and this is a real awakening for me. Well, it's it's cookies. Okay, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Let's just go ahead and do the question. All right. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Madeline's. What are they? Well, uh, the Madeline is a type of, yes, small cake. About the size of a cookie, though. And yes, about which people have opinions. Uh, Madeline's are typically baked in molds that are shaped like a, like oblong scallop shells. And... Yeah, they are deceptively straightforward cakes, just uh, lightly flavored with a butter that's browned so that it's kind of warm tasting and nutty, and then usually some kind of um, citrus zest, uh, floral and bright, and often served plain, although they can be fancied up with with vanilla or spices or cocoa or other flavorings or glazes like apricot jam or chocolate or um, toppings like coconut or slivered almonds. They're made of this type of tender and just slightly crumbly sponge cake called a uh, genoise. Am I saying that right? I'm I'm not. I think it's genoise. I think so. I'm with you, French. <laughs> and the uh, the cakes get this uh, thin, crisp crust on on the shell shaped side in contact with the pan, and they raise up into a little hump on on the flip side in the oven. Um, and the result is just simple and delightful. Yes, often served with tea or coffee, although some people say that coffee ruins the experience. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I'm only reporting what I have read. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, as as with many uh, baked goods and pastry kind of things, like the kind like that kind of simplicity really belies the precision with which you have to work to make it happen. And this is where the opinions come in. Like, 
How dry or moist should the cake be? What type of sugar is best? Should you rest the batter, and if so, for how long? What type of pan material is appropriate? What's the best way to mitigate the temperature of the batter and the pan and the oven? How much of a hump is correct? Uh, Should it be a finger above the surface of the cake, or should it vie near obscenely for the heavens? Is it okay to use chemical leaveners to achieve this hump? Oh my gosh. I'm getting more and more upset and worried. It's It's okay. It's okay. Everything will be fine. There's cakes at the end. (laughs) (laughs) The cake is alive. Portal taught me. Oh gosh. Yeah, so so there's a lot going on in these tiny little cakes. Um you have a few things going on when you're leavening a cake like a madeleine. Um traditional recipes which would have been developed before modern chemical leaveners like baking powder were invented uh, are going to use other both chemical and physical kind of tricks to get the desired texture and rise out of the sponge. So uh first, when you make the batter, You want all the ingredients uh, to be right around room temperature. Um, Unlike some baked goods where you're using the structure of colder butter to to, to work air into the batter, you're working with melted and browned butter here. Um, And that means that you've cooked the butter until the fats and milk solids have separated and you've toasted those solids a little bit in the pan. And this is really rad because, um, well, A, A, it adds flavor, um, which is so nice. Um, but B, when you mix the liquid butter with flour, the oils will coat the gluten proteins and prevent them from locking up into a too firm of a network, thus keeping the resulting sponge a little bit softer. However, if you've got this nice room temperature butter flour stuff and there's cold eggs in there as well, that could shock the fats of the butter into clumping up again. And that is no bueno. Mm -mm. Uh, Also, having the eggs at room temperature means that the proteins in them are looser and more willing to unravel or denature and uh, then help form up into a foam when you beat them, um, capturing and holding air. This also means, though, that you don't want to work the batter too hard after you beat the eggs because that could collapse all of those little delicate structures that you've created. (laughs) <laughs> Annie's too just, much. Annie's just shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make a cake. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. Um, okay, once you've made that batter, you want to let it rest so that the flour hydrates properly. Um, you know, you, you, you've added it so gently, and, and you want the crumb to be soft. So, yeah, you want to make sure the flour hydrates. And it's ideal to rest it in the fridge so that when you do pop it into a hot oven, um, there will be a extra bit of temperature difference between the batter and the air in the oven. And this can help create more rise. And I could not find a good explanation of why on the internet. Maybe I was looking in the wrong places. But what I suspect is that um, that in the case of Madeleine's especially, um, the shape of the molds and the temperature difference um, help induce a purposefully uneven steam evaporation within the cakes, with the middles having longer to heat and expand with air bubbles than the sides do. This is what I suspect. If anyone knows the answer, please write in. If I'm totally wrong, that's chill. 
goodness. Uh, but but folks really espouse this concept. Um, even will recommend freezing the pan before you spoon the batter into the pan. Uh, different types of pans matter too. Nonstick and silicone um, will release more easily, but don't give you the best crust. I personally recommend buttering and flouring um, any pan uh, for the best crust and release in in just about any baked good. Um, non and nonstick are my favorites, but yeah, you know, the, the the metal tends to be a little bit thicker, holds heat a little bit better. Anyway, um, pastry chefs will recommend all sorts of oven shenanigans too. Um, uh, many involve baking initially at a high heat and then turning the temperature down or even off and then on again. If you want to look up a recipe or several, they are out there and they are firmly worded. (laughs) (laughs) Very stern. (laughs) Almost like a talking to. (laughs) You know, in in the end, in the end, it all comes down to personal preferences. Um, and, And if you're making them at home, you know, like what works for you in terms of fussiness level and time commitment and like the specific like wonkiness or availability of equipment. Like, look, if it makes you happy, mix up a genoise and spoon it into like mini muffin tins or freestanding muffin papers and then just bake it at a single temperature until it's set and then eat your cake. No one can tell you not to. <laughs> not us. Well, not, certainly not, not us. me. <laughs> <laughs> eat your dang cake. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, again, I know I've talked about this before, but my oven, (laughs) the wonkiness is a good term, Lauren. I I would have to really, really be careful with this. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, mine, mine is also not the most dependable all the time. Yeah. Mine's slow to start, but then once it gets going, it's, you say 300 and it's at 450 and you're like, oh, why? Why? (laughs) Goodness. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's an adventure every day. It's it's enthusiastic. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) I like to put a positive spin on it too after so many baking disasters. (laughs) Um, But all right, let's say I've succeeded. What about the nutrition? Yeah, it's a treat. Treats are nice. Uh, I it's it tends to be a little bit heavier on the butter and a little bit lighter on the sugar than some other desserts. Um, so you know, treat treats. Yeah, have them. I love treats over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do. I definitely want to try. I've never tried one like coated in chocolate or all these other flavors. I've only Ooh. had the yeah. you know normal baseline flavor. So I really want to experiment out. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Into it. We, I, yes. Um, we do have some numbers for you. Just a few. Mm-hmm. Just a few. Okay. So the Madeleine is highly associated with France, if that hasn't been clear already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According to a few sources on Europe Day in 2006, they were chosen to represent France. I really could not nail that down, but I would believe it. It would not surprise me. <laughs> One of the biggest commercial Madeleine sellers in France, A La Cloche Lorraine, sells about 80 million Madeleines a year and employs about 80 people. And I did look it up just to see the pandemic uh, that is still open. And it is still open, but I don't know about the numbers. Oh, sure. If they're still the same. Yeah. 
1983 New York Times article claims that the Madeline has been called the cookie with the greatest literary clout. <laughs> Although, yes, it's really more of a cake. Yeah. Oh, take gotcha. that, New York, New York Times. Times. <laughs> Even though I've been making that same mistake for pretty much my whole <laughs> life. I will turn it around for sure. Um, and there's some really interesting history as to why that is. Absolutely. Um, and we will get into that. But first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. To crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. 
Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, rudimentary cookies, biscuits, or cakes, similar to Madeline's Go Back to Ancient Times. I know we've talked about some of those in past episodes. It's escaping me now, but I know that it's happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe maybe something about scones or muffins or... All of the above. Birthday cake. We did talk about chocolate chip cookies. Maybe we discussed okay. it in there. <laughs> We've done a lot of episodes, y'all. We have. We were supposed to, we were getting near a milestone. We were supposed no. to be keeping track. I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, I forgot entirely. Well, I think we could make it up and no one would really know. Well, or at least, you know, wh- why not Why not celebrate an off number? Like, I don't think that it all has to be even numbers. Yeah, we're probably creeping up on 450 right now. Oh. We definitely blew right past 400. Okay. (laughs) Well, keep an eye, an ear out for that. I don't know what we'll do, (laughs) but maybe we'll do something for some random number coming up. Um, But anyway, in terms of more modern history, Madeleines are thought to have originated in France, where there are a lot of fun stories about how they were created. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the most popularly told versions associates them particularly with Commercy, which is a small town in France. And the story sounds like the stuff of baking legend. It goes that during the 18th century, or perhaps an unspecified some time ago, before (laughs) the 18th century, (laughs) but that was when these baked goods started showing up in records, so that's Mm -hmm. often the time people go with. Bakers in Commercy paid a, quote, very large sum for the recipe for these madeleines, which um, were sold in these unique oval boxes as a specialty of the area. And nuns in that region at this time may have made a living selling these cakes. After monasteries and convents were dissolved during the French Revolution, historians think the nuns sold the recipe to bakers. And the name... It is the French form of Magdalene, as in the Bible's Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' disciples. At one time, Commercy had a convent dedicated to St. Mary Magdalene. I'm sure if I dug into this, there's multiple <laughs> multiple examples or ideas about where this name came from. But uh, that is one. And I guess we are going to talk about some others. Yeah, yeah. That's, th- th- that is one that goes well with that version of history. I feel like this is right. yet again one of these historical outlines. It's like the end of the the, the Clue movie where it's just like, or oh, it could have been like this. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, I would love to play a baked version game Clue Ooh. version of Clue. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not, I I want I want to design this game and I want to do it right now. I want to like toss my microphone out the window and go work on that. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm containing myself. Yes, because you are a professional. I 
almost am, sure. Let's go with <laughs> let's go with that. I'll take it. Yes, let's. <laughs> okay, but yeah, that's not the only origin story often passed around about the Madeleine. Another has several of the same details. Comessy, France, during the 18th century. Uh, this one involves a young servant girl who was trying to cheer up the king of Poland. Stanislaus? That's the French pronunciation, but I would assume it's Polish, in which case I think it's Stanislav. But anyway, yeah, lots of hijinks about pronunciation in this episode. Yeah, yeah. But okay, Stanislaus Leszczynska, who had been exiled to the region, Lorraine, where he served as the Duke of Lorraine. And what better way to cheer someone up than with baked goods? I don't know too many. No, that's about it. Yeah. The girl's name was Madeline, and the recipe in this version of the story had been passed down to her from her grandmother. That New York Times article we mentioned earlier goes into more detail, placing this specifically at a luncheon the Duke had uh, that he was hosting in 1755. After the chef left or quit in some versions of the story (laughs) before making dessert, the assistant Madeline stepped in and saved the day, and the resulting cakes were so popular among the Duke and his guests, they named them after her. In this version of the story, the king's daughter, Marie, helped make them popular in Versailles when she married King Louis XV. Ah, okay. Ah, but yes, what, there's another way this could have played out. Okay. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's told that King Louis introduced them to Marie after a visit to the French region Lorraine, where Commercy is, and she loved them so much she shared them with the French court. This would suggest to me that the story of her father eating them, naming them, isn't true, but I suppose it's possible that King Louis saw her father more than she did once they were married, or that somehow... The father was left out of this whole loop of getting, <laughs> of his daughter getting introduced to them. Mystery is history. <laughs> Yet another twist on this tale suggests that Marie actually came up with the recipe with the help of her cook, Madeline. Uh, um, Stanislaus <laughs> Leszczynski often gets credit for the invention of the rum baba cake, too. So, future episode. Huh. All right. Mm hmm. And. In some versions of this story, the cake is actually associated with another woman named Madeline who gave these cakes to those making the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. <gasps> Gasp. Uh, and the pilgrims allegedly wore the symbol of St. James, which was a shell. Okay. Okay. And there's one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> another story suggests that the Madeleine was invented a bit later in the 19th century in France, a creation of pastry chef Jean Avis. He used aspic molds for the shape. Molds and recipes for Madeleine started appearing around this time. And I couldn't easily corroborate this, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's reported in uh, none less than the uh, Larousse uh, Gastronomique that uh, Avis took on um, Antoinette Karim as an apprentice at some point, and that the two of them perfected choux pastry dough in addition to this possible connection to the Madeleine. Mmm. Lots of threads going on here. <laughs> yes. Yes. With industrialization, the production of Madeleines went commercial, and several of these commercial brands still operate in Commercy, 
One of the biggest, a la Coche-Lorraine, which we mentioned earlier, circa 1928, sells their product packaged in wooden oval boxes at specialty shops in the area. I couldn't find any exact history on the Madeleine pan, Mm -hmm. but I think it's safe to assume there were molds of this shape in the 18th century. We've talked about this in similar episodes like Aspects, Marshmallows, and Candy Hearts. I also tried to get to the bottom of the shape, but (laughs) couldn't find anything really solid. A lot of those origin stories claim it was there from the get-go, though. Yeah, um, and and there is a a historical evidence of um, some of those aforementioned candies and stuff being made in um, actual uh, cockle or scallop shells. Um, And that's perhaps how these cakes were originally baked using actual shells. Um, But uh, but it's yeah, it's kind of lost to lost to time. Yeah. And our um, our good friend Julia, who's been on the show a couple of times, one time she gave us those because she makes candies using old recipes, like with the methods and everything. Yeah. And she gave mm-hmm. us those candies that were in shells. Yeah, some little You're hard right. candies that were using shells, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever the history, <laughs> one name repeatedly comes up when discussing the Madeline. Marcel Proust. <laughs> His book, Remembrance of Things Past, Volume 1, Swan's Way, in particular. Yes, uh, sometimes also called In Search of Lost Time. After Proust died, his brothers compiled this book, or it was a series of several books, um, yeah. but this one in particular, and published it in 1923. So here's the relevant quote. She sent for one of those squat, plump little cakes called Petit Madeleine, which look as though they had been molded in the fluted valve of a scallop shell. I raised to my lips a spoonful of the tea in which I had soaked a morsel of the cake. No sooner had the warm liquid mixed with the crumbs touched my palate than a shudder ran through me and I stopped, intent upon the extraordinary thing that was happening to me. An exquisite pleasure invaded my senses, and suddenly the memory revealed itself. The taste was that of the little piece of Madeline, which on Sunday mornings at Cambrai, when I went to say good morning to her in her bedroom, my Aunt Leone used to give me, dipping it first in her own cup of tea or tisane, and the whole of Cambrai and its surroundings, taking shape and solidity, sprang into being, town and garden alike, from my cup of tea. Well, that is lovely. It is lovely. And a surprise to no one, probably, that people have tried painstakingly <laughs> to create this recipe from his yeah. description mm-hmm. and what recipes and techniques were available at the time. Here's a quote from Slate, a Slate article where... <laughs> Author Edmund Levin tried to do this very thing, and it's a little long, but I love it. Confounded, I decided to confer with leading Proust authorities. I discovered a major obstacle. The eminent professor William Carter, author of Marcel Proust, A Life, who had supervised a recreation of the famous scene for a PBS documentary. The professor was skeptical. He was turned off by my notion that Marcel had, quote, dissolved pieces of Madeline floating around in his teacup, calling it, quote, not likely. And to my surprise, he asserted that Marcel does dunk and bite the Madeline, 
which would mean there's no crumb production mystery to be explained. (laughs) The professor insisted that the crumbs are simply created in the narrator's mouth after he bites off a morsel and schmooshes it around. (laughs) I objected that no biting or schmooshing is mentioned in the text. (laughs) The professor insisted it is, quote, implied. But in my view, Proust was simply too obsessed with detail to let something as significant as biting, let alone schmooshing, Go unnoted, if that's what he had in mind. Much to my relief, I found firm support from MacArthur Genius Grant winner Lydia Davis, the translator of the widely praised new edition of Proust's Swan's Way, in which the famed passage appears. She finds no, quote, implied biting in the text and calls mere dunking out of the question. She concurs that the crumbly Madeline material is already in the spoon as it approaches Marcel's mouth. The tiebreaker was Stanford professor Joshua Landy, a Proust (laughs) scholar who declares himself firmly in my crumbs-in-the-spoon camp. I've given Proust a more than fair shot. His failure to account for extraordinary crumb production was manifest. Case closed, then. Proust's Madeline did not, does not, and never could have existed. To put it bluntly, Proust didn't know from Madeline's. Wow. It's so fantastic. (laughs) That's okay. Okay, indeed. (laughs) I told you, people have opinions about all of this. (laughs) They do. They do. I'm trying to think if there's any food where I'd be reading something and think, that's egregious, based on crumb texture or something like that. (laughs) I'm sure there is. (laughs) Yeah, I've never done it before, but I suppose that doesn't mean I wouldn't. No, I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't think it does at all. Um, and you can see our actual episode on nostalgia because this definitely reminds me of a certain scene in a certain movie we still need to watch, Lauren. Ratatouille. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. We And, and, and watch it we shall. Absolutely. Yes. I've, I've read the opinion that Proust's Madeleines were not fresh-baked, but rather factory-made. Because when he was writing, the uh, the real hotel that his semi-autobiographical protagonist is staying in um, was buying its Madeleines from, um, from a cookie factory a few miles along the coast, or a, a patisserie a few miles along the coast, now known as um, Jeanette, uh, so th- they are supposed to have been very good quality originally. Um, I I I don't know. <laughs> Got a hands up backing away gesture. Yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, they're so 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 at the time they might have been quite tasty and uh, you know evoking of nostalgia. Uh, that that factory, by the way was meant to shut down in 2013 when um, the last in this long chain of increasingly disinterested owners decided to just cut their losses and sell the brand. But apparently, a group of the women bakers who worked there, like, occupied the factory for a whole year, petitioning the government to help them find a buyer. And eventually, this Portuguese industrial troubleshooter, um, like, like, saw their story and took it to heart and raised enough money from crowdfunding to buy and reopen the business. And as of 2016, they were making 24,000 Madelines a day. Wow. That's a story I want to see. 
right? Where's our movie about that? <laughs> yes. That sounds charming as all heck. I know, but I want a really dramatic, intense trailer for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe with, like, an implied ghost among the pastry mm-hmm. stacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Ghost yeah. is always implied in my book. Well, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Oh, um, in 2019, uh, Madeline's featured in the uh, Great British Baking Show or Great British Bake Off, however you want to say it, um, uh, in a signature challenge during the semifinals, um, during during which everyone giggled a lot about uh, the perfect hump and finding finding one. The search for the perfect hump, you know. Search we must all embark on. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> In our own way, at our own pace. Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about bakers here. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing else could possibly be implied. Mm-hmm. I'm glad though we're not the only ones that giggle though. That makes me feel yes. <laughs> better about my myself. <laughs> oh, well. Listeners, I'm looking to expand my horizons when it comes to the Madeline. So if you've got any recipes or pictures, please send them our way. Oh, yes. Um, speaking of, we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin 
Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener, listener Mail. Mail. <laughs> a lovely time with a lovely baked good. <laughs> Excellent. I I really lost where you were going in the middle of that one and just kind of leaned away from the microphone. <laughs> I love it when you do that, when it becomes clear that I'm on my own with this one. <laughs> Uh, No shame or blame. That's just how it goes. That's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. High quality, professional cookie crumbles. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or in this case, cake. (gasps) Yes. Yes. So (laughs) we have another letter from Bob. I was really surprised by the bubble tea episode. Surprised because I didn't know that this had become a thing back in the States. As you know, I'm on my third decade living in China, and here it is everywhere. I was a bit of a late joiner, but thanks to my son who introduced me to it, I'm a fan too. Seems it is catching on in Europe as well. My son was thrilled to find bubble tea in the UK, even in the smaller cities, when he went off to college there, and again in Amsterdam as well. Chinese soft power is what it's called, winning friends through happy tummies. Now, the real reason I just had to chime in, exploding foods. Oh, no. (laughs) 
I remember once being at a grocery store back home at the checkout. Just when I was about to pay, I heard a pop and a shout when apparently someone dropped a large bottle of what must have been very well-shaken Coca-Cola. Because a second later, what goes flying by? That bottle of Coke. No joke, it was flying by in an arc that reached about six feet high and crossed at least five or six checkout lines, spraying everyone and everything unlucky enough to be nearby. I got a little wet myself. Another time, I was at home back when I was still living with my folks. The evening before, we had gone out for Chinese food. There were some leftovers, and I decided to reheat the chicken fingers in the microwave. These chicken fingers were the type that they heavily coat and batter and deep fry. Anyway, I took them out when they were done, and I remember this next part as if it was yesterday. I put one in my mouth. As soon as my teeth bit down, the other end of it just exploded. The bang was as loud as a firecracker, and the end of the chicken finger flared out like you'd see from an exploding (laughs) cigar on a cartoon. I'm pretty sure that I had the same day's look on my face, too. (laughs) My mom came out when she heard the boom from the other room. She asked me what happened. At first, she didn't believe me and thought I'd lit a firecracker off, but I showed her the rest of the chicken. She believed me then as she started picking up bits of chicken out of my hair and off the kitchen (laughs) curtains. Ever since then, I warn people to pierce their leftover chicken fingers before nuking them. I advise the same for reheating egg rolls, too. Imagine the carnage an egg roll might cause. I shudder to think of it. <laughs> I do, too. I think you're right. Wow. Jeez, this this world of exploding food. I, huh. I'm definitely... See, that's one. Chicken, <laughs> reheated chicken finger is one I had never heard of. That, I, I am impressed. Yes, I am also impressed, and I'm going to try to remember to pierce my uh, chicken fingers from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. Gosh, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn wrote, I had to write in after the bubble tea episode because it was so close to the Pokemon episode. The tea shop by my house, Tea Talk, has an entire separate Pokemon-themed menu. Talk about the perfect mashup. Below is a link to the menu. Uh, You can see all the uh, uh, flavor and bubble combos. They are delightful. Yes. I love it so, so, so much. (laughs) Tea Talk. Check it out. Yes. Um, related. Rachel wrote, I've been a longtime listener of Saver, but I've never written in before. Your episode on Boba Tea, and in particular, your reference to the Star Wars holiday special, is what inspired me to say hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> I live in Orlando, and Boba Tea is extremely popular here. It's so popular that a local artist created a map of all of the tea shops in the area. Back in 2018, a friend and I even made it a goal to try every boba shop we could find, but so many kept popping up, no pun intended, that we couldn't keep up. Going back to Star Wars, two shops have incorporated the series into their menus. Chewy Boba uses Chewbacca and Boba Fett as their mascots, while Lucky Strauss Boba, one of my favorites, did a limited Mandalorian-themed menu when the new season dropped on Disney+. My favorite drink on their Mandalorian menu was The Way, which was a spiced ginger and orange tea with boba. Once it's safe to travel, I would absolutely recommend venturing outside of the theme parks to try any of the local tea shops. Yes. Yes. I love this so, so much. (laughs) So nerdy and so delightful. Gosh. Yes. Um, Yeah, the Lucky Straws Mandalorian menu, by the way, is called the Pandalorian. Uh, and the boba is called Kyber. 
which oh, no. is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I, I've i got to check these out. Next time we're in Orlando, it's safe to be there, Lauren. We have got <laughs> into it. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for all of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. 